Where they were poor in Mombella, they were really strong at Ellis Park. So they looked at what South Africa did, they broke it down, they analysed it, and I've got a feeling that Jill played a pretty big hand in getting them to that point. Subscribe to the Rugby Stream on the OTB Sports app now. The Football Kickoff with Sky. Watch every single live Premier League game on Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. Good morning, I'm Philip Egan and welcome along to the football kickoff with Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. Delighted to say we're joined by former Tottenham striker Clive Allen and I've got Colin Buhig in studio beside me as well. Very good afternoon or good morning, I should say, gents. I'm getting ahead of myself there. And before we get into it, we have a flash poll. So, simple question was, who's going to win on Monday night between Manchester United and Liverpool? So far, 25.2% think United, 58.5% are going for Liverpool and 16.3% going for a draw. So what, what category are you in there, Clive? Good morning. Um, I think there's no doubt the, the way the season has unfolded and Liverpool surprisingly having had two draws, I can't see them not winning at Manchester United with the way that they've began their campaign. What, what do you think, Colm? I mean, is this not a game maybe that actually might be good for United? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, to give uh, Clive full context here, I'm a Manchester United supporter. Very tough times at the moment, Clive. And uh, Phil and myself were speaking just before we came on air. Your opinion was this is a great match for Manchester United. And I would love oh, yeah, actually to hear that. Yeah, well, yeah. ask me yeah. after 10 o'clock on Monday night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think uh, there's no doubt that... Um, you know, it can't get any worse for Manchester United at the well, moment. Can the it though? I mean, can it? It <laughs> could. You say that, Clive. You say that. But I'm just thinking the fallout from this game is going to be like we know what happens after a few games and people start panicking. We've got the, the transfer window closed at the end of the month. You only have to look back to last season. Arsenal lost the first three and Arteta was in all sorts of trouble. We'll get to them yeah. later. Like, I mean, they could win their first three. Mm-hmm. But say, for example, Clive, United lose this and they've lost their first three games and obviously you've got all the stuff about the Glazers you've got it honestly seems like a name generator kind of transfer dealing system at the moment they've got going on if Liverpool were to lose to United then they'd be below United and then Liverpool fans would be crying out for Jurgen Klopp to make signings and yeah it's just there's going to be a dramatic fallout regardless of what happens in this game Absolutely, I think, um, and we wouldn't have expected it. I don't. I don't think anybody expected United to have such a poor start. Um, I think Liverpool's performances have been a, a little disappointing. I've got to say, I know they had one or two problems, obviously injuries, etc. So um, to find ourselves going into into this third game and um, it being so important, it could be a relegation fight for Manchester United <laughs> and or Liverpool. And uh, who would have been saying that? a month ago oh, man. yeah when these fixtures came out Colin I looked at them I thought yeah. nice games for Ten Hag you know Brighton and Brentford and then the big test against Liverpool yeah. and I thought yeah Liverpool Fulham Palace the two teams will be going in six points from six Monday night this is all set up for 
you know, big game and that is not how it's transpired. No, I mean, and the last um, couple of seasons, like Liverpool have just given Manchester United an education on how to play the basics of football and then also how to excel at the elite level. And it was an absolute embarrassment watching it from a United perspective. I mean, this was really the game last season at Old Trafford when Ole Gunnar Solskjaer should have left after that match. I mean, it was 4-0 at half time. And it got to the point at the end of that first period, Clive, I don't know if you remember, I think Jamie yeah. Carragher was on co-commentary and I think Mo Salah scored the fourth goal and he actually made this kind of involuntary noise as, oh, I mean, this is great, but it's also, this is getting messy. I mean, and I feel like United have never really recovered from that day. And here we are at Brentford 4-0 again. Yeah, absolutely. And Clive, let's even just look at the game itself. And obviously we know Liverpool have had injuries and Nunes is suspended. It looks like Firmino's going to be available. He's been training. Jurgen Klopp's done his press conference already. A few interesting things from that, by the way. And uh, you're imagining then it's Diaz, Firmino and Salah. And I think that will make Liverpool fans a lot more confident going into the game on Monday than if Firmino hadn't been available. Yeah, I, I certainly. I think that, that that's one of the strengths of, of Liverpool and, and Jurgen Klopp is the options he has up front. Obviously, Nunes suspended now is a blow. I think um, you know he's 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 going to have to quickly learn what um, the Premier League is about, the intensity, the, the 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 nature of the game. He will be intimidated, and even more so now after his reaction um, to Anderson's um, little push in and shove in during the match, which resulted in in it, in his behaviour, which obviously is very costly. Um, but I think that when you when you talk about Liverpool's front line and, and the options that Klopp has, and, and even picking those three. Salah's off the mark, I think, which is which is massive for any striker at the start of the season. Get that first goal, get that confidence. Um, and I, I just think Liverpool are not perhaps up to speed that we knew they were, the way they played, the tempo they played at last season. They haven't quite reached that yet. Now, whether that's just, um, you know, a lag from the start of the season, pre-season, but once they get going, there's no doubt they'll, they'll create chances, they'll score goals. Um, and, and I'm sure that's what Manchester United are going to be fearful of. They've, they've got to they've got to protect themselves, Manchester United. They cannot possibly play in the manner that they did against Brentford. I just want to ask you, as a you know a striker yourself, on Nunes. I know he's not available. You mentioned the importance of scoring. So he got his goal in the Community Shield. He got his goal against Fulham. Both coming off the bench. Just watching him last Monday, he had a few chances. He seemed to snatch at them. Do you think that's is it a case that he's trying too hard? Is he not up to speed in the game? Is there maybe Jurgen Klopp? Well, I, I would be surprised if Jurgen Klopp would have started Nunes in any of his first five or six games. He would have liked to have Jota available, but he doesn't tend to rush players in. But he was almost forced into it because of the Firmino injury. Yeah, that's right. And quite possibly it, it might not be the way that um, Jurgen Klopp wanted to introduce him. I think we've seen glimpses of, of his under, undoubted ability. I think um, you know Diaz's goal was magnificent, and and I think that's the the big positive for Liverpool fans is that they know it's not just one individual or even two strikers that they're relying on for the goals. They can spread them around. Jota's been fantastic since arriving. I think that, that when he came in, the expectation was he he wasn't going to play too many games or wasn't going to start regularly, but whenever he played, he produced scored goals. That seemed to just fire everybody else with it on the front line. Um, and when you've got that competition and the quality of players that they have, I'm sure Jurgen Klopp's got no fears about who he selects. 
But, um, you know, the Nunes one is, is a blow because he, he it's out of his control for probably three games now, at least. Yeah. OK, Colm, what are you fearing most on Monday night? A drubbing. But <laughs> another embarrassment. Don't say that. Don't say no, that. I, Clive, I, I mean, I can't help. Like, look, Clive, let's play a hypothetical here, OK? Say you're a part of the Manchester United coaching staff, and God love you if that was the case. But say you were. Who are you picking up front for United on Monday night? Are you going for three? And if so, who are you picking? Uh, it's a big problem. Yeah. It really is. Exactly. Uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's who you're going to put in the slots, which position. How they're going to be effective in respect of, um, I think stopping Liverpool playing out from the back. Um, I think I think there's no doubt for me that I would have to try to stop Van Dijk um, manipulating the situation, starting every one of Liverpool's um, attacks off. I think if you give him time, space, he can he can hit passes of range. He can feed balls into midfield. Um, that that would be one of the areas I would try to stop immediately. Now. You've got to say compact as a team. Defensively, United have been all over the place. Absolutely dreadful. Um, I would go for experience. So I'd look at Varane coming in at the back. I think on the front line, I might even start with, with Rashford down the middle. Mm. I think I don't think that we've seen the best of him. He's not the player that we know. and He certainly hasn't performed to the capabilities we know. But maybe just put an arm around him and say, look, this is your role. Central position. Pick up Van Dijk when we lose possession of the ball. And, and then shape from there. So I think that um, there's options. There's options from Ten Hag. He, he would have been analysing Liverpool, looking at the way they play, how they play out, and, and how Manchester United can prevent Liverpool dominating possession of the ball. On Rashford, you know that position well, Clive. Is there anything that Rashford's doing technically that's letting him down? Is what, What's missing from his game? Because he's just so off it for such a sustained period of time now. Confidence is, is, it, is it purely as that. confidence? Is it all a mental yeah, thing with absolutely. Ashford? Yeah, because you know he has the ability, mm. he has the athleticism. He can he, he can he can still run with pace and power and get in behind defenses. He has technical ability when he's on the ball. I I, I would just like to see him play central, mm. where he may get two or three more opportunities, two or three more chances to score. And a goal is so vital, as I said earlier, for any striker. And I think if, if United show trust in him in respect of maybe leading the line down the middle, um, that you could get a response. You could, you could certainly get a reaction from uh, Marcus Rashford. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the high line. I mean, Rashford is a model to get in behind. The look how Zaha yeah. got in behind the, the other night. Um, all that said, then you've got to worry about United at the back. Um, Clive yeah. mentioned Varane. Does Harry Maguire start? Lissandra Martinez? Then the midfield, there's talk of Casemiro coming in. Is he won't that not, time, yeah. No, no, yeah. he can't play. Yeah. But is that not just showing that United haven't learned anything? That they're looking to sh- like shell out a load of money for a 30-year-old mm. who, if Ten Hag is meant to be this manager that's going to turn things around and it's a project, the project usually will peak maybe two or three years. Casemiro's not going to be peaking in no. two or three years. 30 years old, apparently. is a five-year contract they're talking about or possibly four to five years, which is outrageous. It's going to be on huge money. Fair enough, if Manchester United can afford it, that's fine. Uh, the player signs. I question the player's motivation. 
don't know why he wants to go to United he could play for anyone he wants to he's also used to playing with Luka Modric and Tony Cruz in that Real Madrid midfield it's going to be a serious downgrade <laughs> no matter who he plays with here now the one thing I will say to caveat that if the form um, turns in a positive way and Clive was saying at the start there that you know surely it will and it has to I mean it really can't go I on like this so it will it will they, they will win games and if that's the case then you could have the midfield three of Casemiro Bruno Fernandes and Christian Eriksen and that's pretty good on paper the problem is Clive's already touched on with Rashford is that they are so mentally fragile at this yeah. stage that they have to build it up from rock bottom upwards and the other thing is, you mentioned the signings there Phil is that there's such negativity around the club mm. especially this week after Brentford and all the stories coming from the dressing room disharmony is that I feel that no matter who United were linked with at the moment it would be seen negatively because yeah. it feels like they're panicking no matter what they do and maybe that's not the case behind the scenes but right now speaking as we are sitting here on this Friday morning Eric Ten Hag must be wondering Clive why did I go to this club? <laughs> Do you um, think? I, I think he, I, I think he probably underestimated yeah. the job that he was taking on. Um, you know, Manchester United. There's, there, there's no doubt is is one of the biggest, if not one of, if not the biggest uh, domestic football club in the world. Real Madrid, you would argue, Barcelona maybe, but Manchester United. When Manchester United call any manager, um, show interest. I don't think there's too many in the world that mm. would pass up that opportunity. He he sees that. Um, he sees a Manchester United that is obviously uh, far from as powerful as we know they've been over the years. So he sees an opportunity to, to resurrect the, 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 the club. Um, I'm sure he, he looked at what happened last season. He, he looked at positives. He looked at negatives, how he could address them. I think what's happened is that, you know, the, the, the negatives that were there or perhaps what he saw, that those those situations have not been um, they've not not been arrested. They've not been changed. Mm. The same the same problems are presenting themselves that we saw last season. So um, that does take time. We can't you can't get away from that. He would have he would have come in asking for certain types of players. They haven't materialised. That puts him on the back foot straight away as well in terms of what he wants to do and how he wants to to, to impact the team and the way that they play. There were there was brief signs in preseason that perhaps it was starting to take shape, but preseason and the Premier League and when the campaign starts, that's when it counts. And, yeah. and at the moment, Manchester United are far from it. We uh, we obviously like we could honestly spend hours, know, absolute know, hours talking about United. We haven't even mentioned Ronaldo, but <laughs> look, that's yeah, good. It is the football kickoff with Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. We have a few more games to get through as well. That United and Liverpool game is on Sky Sports on Monday night. Let's talk about your old club, Tottenham. Clive playing Wolves tomorrow. BT half twelve. Spurs got a, a draw at Stamford Bridge last week. A satisfactory point. I'd imagine for Spurs given that there was long spells of the game where they were outplayed but then they came up with it and uh, you can see that Antonio Conte is building something nicely now he doesn't tend to hang around for too long so this is a very important season you feel for Spurs It is a massive season for Spurs for Antonio Conte but I think in complete contrast I have to hark back to Manchester United Spurs have done it how perhaps Ten Hag would have wanted can't Antonio Conte addressed the situations that he felt needed improving through the summer. The acquisitions were there early. He's worked with them pre-season and, and they, they've got off to a good start. I think that they didn't play well at Chelsea. They were very fortunate to get a point. But that is a massive point in terms of confidence. It keeps keeps them unbeaten. And I, and I think that, again, 
Um, the signs are very, very strong for Spurs in, in complete comparison to, to Manchester United. Chelsea were excellent. And I was surprised how well Chelsea played in that game um, at the weekend. Um, I think that they will take a, a lot of heart from it, although disappointed they dropped two points. But Spurs, I think, in a very, very good position, good start to the season. Wolves coming on tomorrow morning, and I think that they will be very, very confident about adding another three points. You're going to this game, Colin. I'm going to this game, Clive. My first time at the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Very excited. Well, I'll, I'll be there too. I'll look out for you. I'll see you, Clive. Yeah, we'll, see, we'll go there to one of the many bars, apparently, in the, in the stadium. Yeah. It's uh, quite, the, uh, quite the place now, quite yeah. the stadium. It looks, it looks unbelievable. And um, what are you expecting anyway tomorrow from Spurs? Well, I'm hoping to see this free, free-flowing football. I mean, I really like Spurs, you know. like the, I'm not saying there's my second team, but I just, I've always had a bit of a soft spot for them. My brother-in-law is a huge fan. That's who I'm going with tomorrow. And their signings this summer have just been so, so impressive. And I'm wondering, uh, will Richardson start tomorrow against Wolves? Will he come in for Son? Will even Perisic start left wing back ahead of Ryan Sessignon? They have so many options. Yeah. Jed Spence didn't make the bench against yeah. Chelsea. You know, they have a remarkable squad they've signed. Um, they, they continue to actually add to their group as well. And I'm just really looking forward to seeing them in full flow. And Clive, what I'm really interested in is if everyone's match fit when we get into the crux of the season, what is Spurs' strongest eleven? Who's Conte going for? You know, that's well, how strong the Spurs again, team is. I think, again, just looking at his selections from the start of the season, the players who were added to the squad didn't start. They haven't yeah. been yeah. starters in, in the two games, even even at Chelsea, big game, London derby, um, important that they got a result. They, they, they had those players to introduce and I, I think that's exactly what, what Conte uh, discovered last season, that when he was trying to impact games from the bench, he just didn't have that quality, the depth, and all of a sudden now he has, when he can look to the bench, and like you say, Perisic, Trisharlison can be introduced, Basuma. I, I think that um, those options are, are, are fantastic for him. And just and also just just inspires that the, the, the 11 that start know that they've got to perform. If they don't, yeah. uh, there's changes coming. So um, that makes for a really healthy competition and Spurs have that. Yeah, and uh, Romero obviously won't be available tomorrow. And Antonio Conte said in his press conference that, you know, he might still make uh, one or two more signings. If if he was to bring in any other players, Clive, where do you think he'd be looking? Would he be looking at the defensive unit? Yeah, possibly. Obviously, uh, I think Longley will be available. So yeah. uh, Romero out, um, Longley will come in. Um, and again, I, I don't think it's going to disrupt them defensively uh, too much. Maybe, maybe another central defender. Um, and that would just give him the extra security, the extra options as well. If you wanted to play with a back four, I think they're better playing with the three, the three that that, that play with the wing backs. Um, and I think Sessignon has grown in confidence in the left wing back position. Emerson Royale has grown. He had a really slow start, but he's grown on the right, but now has a competition from Spence as well. So um, there's, there is competition literally in every place. So uh, possibly another central defender um, could be added but um, I don't think Spurs need too much more. Just on the, you mentioned uh, Emerson Royal, Spence, Matt Doherty, obviously signed from Wolves and it looked like things were turning around from obviously he hasn't started the first couple of games, but does he have a future at Spurs? Oh yeah, without a doubt. I think there's no doubt. Um, when he was switched last season, he was playing left wing back for, for quite a period and um, he, he looked far from happy. He wasn't comfortable. He wasn't performing particularly well. 
was switched to the right side and right wing back and all of a sudden he became the player that we, we saw at Wolves. was really unfortunate to pick up the injury he did at the end of last season. So I think that's just hindered him a little. But he, he is in the mix. There's, 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 again, just quality and depth. And um, we have seen we have seen Doherty at his best um, when he was switched into the right wing back position. Definitely his favourite position. Yeah, um, obviously, Colum Wolves have signed Mateus Nunes. Yeah. Now, this guy has been talked about by a lot of the, the top clubs, and I'd say this is there's a strong possibility if he has a good season at Wolves, then mm. one of the, the bigger clubs that come in from the summer. It's almost like they just want to see how he adapts to the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to come in and Gibbs White on the verge of signing for Nottingham Forest going outwards for pretty much the same fee. I thought Gibbs White was an excellent player coming through at Wolves, so I'm really interested to see Nunes play. And Wolves are such a team that um, kind of take for granted Wolves a lot of the time. You know, Bruno Lang's doing a great job there very quietly. And I always wonder with Wolves if that they may be added one uh, real quality winger and one centre forward to help up front they'd be a lethal team because they have such a strong foundation yeah. on the side. They're the kind of team that when you think they're going to lose they pull out a performance and then when you expect them to win they don't win. So they're but on their day they're an excellent team. Now let's move on to the, the next game. Half five tomorrow Bournemouth against Arsenal. Touching earlier in the show Clive about Mikel Arteta obviously last season they lost their first three games. Now bear in mind the first game they were missing players away to Brentford for uh, due to COVID then they played Chelsea and they played Man City they've had a, a, an easier start in terms of fixtures but obviously the summer signings have hit the ground running and the all or nothing has been aired on TV as well and everything seems to be going pretty well for Mikel Arteta I, I, th- I think Mikel Arteta again has got what he wanted he he, um, he addressed the situation bringing in uh, Jesus which was which was a fantastic um, acquisition. Chinchenko coming in on that left-hand side, um, you know, and they'd been at Manchester City, they'd been winners there, they knew what it took there. And, and sometimes when players walk through the door into a dressing room, the players that are already there will look up and think, yeah, well, these these, these guys know what they're doing. These these guys are taking us to another level. And, and certainly with those acquisitions, I think that um, Arsenal have started well. That will give everybody the confidence I think one or two of Arsenal's youngsters as well will have learnt a lot from last season. Martinelli, I think, is a real talent. So I think on the front line, Arsenal are, are, are much, much more potent than they were. And um, I think the the um, the return of the centre-half from Marseille last season um, at the back has made it very, very um, important, Saliba, who I think had a good season. And that was a... Again, that, that, that was a product of, of using the loan system well. He played regularly for Marseille. He was tested in, in Ligue 1, but has come back um, far more experienced and, and exactly what Arsenal needed. He's, uh, he started the season well. Um, the goalkeeper, we know, he, he, it, was a, it was a change that was made and he's started particularly well. So I think all of a sudden, Arsenal look, again, a very, very solid outfit. And um, I can't see them not winning at Bournemouth tomorrow mm. I think that um, it's, it's another good fixture for them at the start of the season I'll tell you how solid they are the last time Arsenal won their first three games of the Premier League season 2004-2005 in the middle of their 49 game on beaten streak now I'm not saying that they're at the level of uh, Vieira, Henri and the boys and the Fabregas <laughs> but I think um, Arteta is doing a remarkable job Clive I've been watching that All or Nothing series and I don't know if you have or if anybody has here but 
Michael Arteta comes across so, so well. With each passing episode, he is such an organiser and an innovator and the players really buy into him. And I was actually quite sceptical of the Gabriel Jesus signing. I thought, I'm not really sure what he's going to add to them. So far, I know we're only two games in, but he's been absolutely brilliant and exactly what they needed. I didn't think he was that good well, but it turns out he was learning his school of craft at Manchester City yeah, and reaping the rewards now and it's like Clive touched on there that if you're coming from a club that's one things then players are going to look up to you but also to play for a club like Manchester City there's a level 100% preparation 100%. all that your attitude and I think that's something that Arteta had to do was get rid of certain characters from the dressing room and when they got rid of Aubameyang you know people thought it was madness because you took the goals out of out of the team and Lacazette was there and he wasn't as uh, as efficient in front of goal either sometimes you have to take some pain before you get to mm-hmm. the next and, but yeah. unfortunately Clive you don't always get the time I mean there was times last season where you genuinely feared for Arteta you thought they're going to show him the door and they, they've stuck with him it's still very early days and even if they do suffer a few setbacks along the way you can still see the trajectory of the team it's such a young squad as well yeah, and I, and, I, and I think the the people in power there have have stuck by him. They, they've given Arteta the opportunity to make those changes. He he took a while to analyse the squad, the, the the ones that he didn't want, the ones the players he wanted to move on, and and also they backed him in respect to bringing the players in that, that he needed at the start of this season. So um, that's a re- I think that's really positive, and the, and and the reaction, the results have, have have come with that, which I think. When you look at even even Jesus as a player, as an example, he he was in and out of Manchester City. Definitely, he contributed. He 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 was a talent. I always felt he just didn't seem to have the confidence that, regardless of how he played there, he was going to be playing regularly, game in game out. I think he's now come to Arsenal, where Arteta said to him, "You're my number one. You'll play. You score. You perform. You stay in, and you play regularly." And all of a sudden, you can just see there's a weight lifted off his shoulders. He started well, or he started fantastically for them, and and he and he he's confident because he has he has that love and the backing from from the manager. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on to the next game, or we'll go to Sunday's games, right? So you've got Leeds against Chelsea. You mentioned earlier in the program, Clive, about Chelsea and how good they were, but they'd be very frustrated they didn't come away with a win. Is that maybe just a sign of a few... We know that they're they're interested. I mentioned Aubameyang. They're, they're interested in him. That they do need somebody that can bang in 15, 20 goals. That they had chances last week. They just didn't put them away. Yeah, they had many chances. And I think when you looked at Chelsea at the start of the season, the, 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 the question was, who's going to lead the line? Who's going to be their, their, their main striker, Lukaku, had gone? Um, obviously, there was a number of options. The question's... Are being asked now, do they need a do they need a centre forward? The way that Tuchel wants them to play, they created good chances, really good chances. Mason Mount had a couple of very very good chances against Spurs. Obviously, didn't take them. And I I, I, I like the way they play, but I do think that the the, the final piece of the jigsaw is that centre forward. If it's a Bamiang, you know, tried, trusted goal Premier League goal scorer. Um, having worked with Tuchel as well before, again that understanding relationship. I think when you when you listen to Thomas Tuchel talking about Aubameyang, he was he was really bright. He was excited. He was complimentary. He knows that player. So um, I think the if they can add Aubameyang to their front line, Chelsea again they are going to be very very strong this season. Clive, why are quality number nine so hard to find in the modern game? 
because because I think we've gone through a phase where it's almost we don't need a number nine. Over the last decade, it's all been about what strikers do, what they contribute off the ball, what, what how many assists they make. Um, and the archetypal striker, the, 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 the fox in the box, the predator, all of a sudden, that's not what we want from our centre forward. And because of that, um, it, I'm not saying it's a dying art, but when you when you start to name the the um, the, the traditional centre forwards, there's not too many. Yeah. The one the one that comes to mind is obviously Haaland, and Haaland's been added to the best Premier League team we have at the moment, Manchester City, because Pep Guardiola has, has obviously identified that he needs a number nine, and and they've gone and got they've gone and got one of the best around at the moment. Mm. Just before we get on to Haaland and obviously City are playing Newcastle in terms of Leeds you know a lot of people have given up hope on them last season then they stay up on the final day in dramatic circumstances they've started okay Jesse Marsh has brought in a few of his of players that he, he recognises uh, you mentioned the number nine Patrick Bamford we don't know if he's going to play on Sunday um, but what do you, what are your expectations for Leeds this season? They actually, you know, when you look at the start of the season and people have their picks of who's going to go down. Not many people actually pick Leeds, so I think people expect Leeds to be okay. Yeah, I agree. I think that Leeds will be okay. I think that um, their experience last season will hold them in good stead. They knew how difficult the Premier League is going to be. Um, obviously, at the start of it, the way they played. Uh, they were pretty open. They they were conceding goals too readily. I think uh, at home and home form is going to be massive for them in terms of where they finish the season. I do see them winning games at Ellen Road, the passion of the crowd. Um, it does help. It does play a part. And I think Leeds have that. I can see, I can see Leeds finishing mid-table. Bamford again, a number nine, a real mm. traditional centre-forward. Um, not the prettiest. Not the most technical, but he'll he'll head you a goal. He'll get in the right place at the right time, and crosses flashed across the the penalty box. Uh, Patrick Bamford will be on the end of him. So I think that he was he was missed last season with, through injury, um, and having him back and having him fit is going to is going to be very very important to Leeds and where they finish up. Absolutely, I think that it was one of the big problems Leeds had last season. But sometimes people don't take things into context; they're just results driven and. Leeds should be a lot better. Right, we're going to finish off with the the game on Sunday afternoon. It's the 4.30 kickoff between Newcastle and Manchester City. We know Newcastle have lofty ambitions. They're they're not splashing the cash maybe the way people thought because they're trying to stick to within their their budget, which, look, we know they have an absolute war chest. Eventually, they will get to probably... This could be a top-of-the-table clash in a few years, but Manchester City... This would be a good test for them. Erling Haaland, gold right now because he didn't score last week. But some people kind of feel maybe away from home, Clive, is where he could get most of his success. Yeah, undoubtedly. I, I think this, even at this stage of the season, it's a fascinating game. Two teams have, have started. Well, I think the way Eddie Howe's gone about his job has been very, very good. He's not been throwing cash and bringing in loads of players. He's added one or two. Gomez, I think, has been a really good addition in the uh, in the central midfield position, I think we knew that San Maximo is always going to be lively, a real threat. Um, Wilson leading the line, he's he's again more of a traditional centre forward. We're coming back to it. Everyone needs a centre forward now. Yeah. Um, Newcastle have one. Manchester City have one. We've got two teams who are neither of who have conceded a goal. So something has to give this weekend yeah. in in respect of uh, the start of their season. 
I think City are the team to beat. I've said it from the start of the season because I think the way they went about their business, the additions have, have, have helped them become even better than they were. And, and they were fantastic last season. Great start, six goals scored, none against. So um, it, it will be a it, it'll be a test for City, but I, I still see them coming out on top. I suspect to glint in your eye, Clive, that you miss the traditional striker. That you would love the return of a goal poacher of a thirty to thirty-five goal a season man who all he wants to do is score goals for fun. Well, and I miss it too. Well, Erling Haaland is the man. That's the man. Yeah, yeah, it's terrifying. He, he, yeah, he's the man, and he's got it all. Pace. He will score headed goals. Magnificent left foot. Will run in behind defenses as well. And when you when you've got one or two players who can actually supply chances for him, De Bruyne, Silva, yeah. uh, Mares off the right, um, oh, a hundred million pound man off the left in Grealish. Um, you, when you when you think it's quite a mouth watering prospect, um, oh, I'd love to be early in Ireland. It, it's too easy for him. It's like playing FIFA on amateur level. It's as he's going to breeze <laughs> through these games. Like the one thing about Eddie Howe, I agree. He's a, I think he's a brilliant manager. A great appointment for Newcastle. His record against the big six isn't great. Last season, played nine, won one, drew one, last seven. Yeah, it's the spe- one thing he needs to really improve on to make that next level. Regularly, I, I know it was, it was a bit boring, but they used to get a pasty off City a lot of the time. That's right, so. yeah. But I think Newcastle, obviously, there's a there's a good buzz at Newcastle for obvious reasons, and they're going to want to take a scalp from one of the big boys this season, and there'll be a great atmosphere there. So... Who knows? Who knows what will happen? But look, we've run out of time. Uh, thanks a million, Clive. Colm. Thanks, Pete. Pleasure. Hopefully, you meet at Tottenham tomorrow. I'll give Clive a text tomorrow. We'll meet at the local. We'll go <laughs> yeah, from there. Yeah, please do. Let me, let me know where you are. I'll Lo- look out for you. Lovely, lovely, it's lovely. Early start. It's an early start. We'll send Just, you a selfie, Phil. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Look forward to it. And uh, looking forward to another weekend of Premier League action. Enjoy, and we'll be back next week. The football kickoff with Sky. Watch every single live Premier League game on Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports.